This is the final message in a series that's been about why do I need to read my Bible. Uh, I can't even remember how many weeks ago it was that I introduced a reading program called Tear Up My Bible. And there's a number of you that are uh, uh, on the pathway of doing that. Uh, And of course, it doesn't mean literally tear up your Bible. It just means wear it out, mark in it, go and ruffle the pages. Don't be afraid to use this book in your life. And every uh, week I've been kind of talking about why do we need to read the Bible. Um, This is the fourth message in that series. My first message was called, I'm a nerd for the word. And it was about, um, it was from Proverbs chapter 4, where it says, Give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings, do not let them depart from your eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. And I realize that when I read the Word of God, my life is, is exuberated, okay? I feel full of life, if you will. And I also find health to all my flesh. That's a pretty good deal that is a result from reading the Word of God. Praise God. Uh, the second message was entitled, This is How I Fight My Battles. And we learned that um, with the Word of God, we can overcome the enemy. We saw the example of that with Jesus in the wilderness in Matthew chapter 4, where he had what I call, it is written in his spirit, in his heart. They were like bullets in the chamber, that when the enemy came along to try to defeat him through temptation, he was able to overcome it. The third message was uh, about why we need the Word. It's because it's how I find success. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night so that you can observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. However, we learned that success and prosperity wasn't the ultimate goal of Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. The ultimate goal was obeying the Word, by speaking the Word and by meditating upon the Word and then obeying the Word. And if I kind of use that recipe, if I can use that Word, the recipe of speaking the Word, meditating in the Word, and obeying the Word, then it says, I will make my way prosperous. That means I got a supernatural help from God to make my way prosperous and have good success for those things. Today I want to finish the series uh, on why we need to read the Bible, why I want you to tear up your Bible. And we need to read the Bible because it is our source of faith, and it's how God speaks to us. That was the last two of the five things that I shared with you, and the title of this message today is Value, Not Volume. Value, Not Volume. Let me read a couple of passages of Scripture to you. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 in the New Living Translation says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong, and it teaches us to do what is right. I love that specific translation of that word. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 in the New King James Version says, For the Word of God is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit and the joints and the marrow, 
and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The Word of God is powerful. And then, of course, I already quoted Romans chapter 10, verse 17, where it says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes by? Say it louder. Say it one more time. Shout it at me. Oh, now I know you, you heard it, so there you go. It's about hearing. Uh, and there are those that would suggest that God doesn't speak anymore. I can't, I can't fathom that concept. I mean, like, really? I mean, did he get laryngitis and lose his voice or something? You know, as he stepped down off the throne, did he suddenly change? Did he, did he stop being God that he no longer speaks to us? No, that's not true. Malachi chapter 3, verse 6 says, I am the Lord and I do not change. I'm the same yesterday. That's what it says in Hebrews what, 13, 8. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Okay? That means that if he saved in Bible times, he still saves today. If he did miracles in Bible times, he still does miracles today. If he healed in Bible times, he still heals today. If he spoke in the past, he still speaks today. Can I get an amen from somebody? So the question is not, is God speaking? Are you ready? The question is, are you listening? Are you listening? Now, there's lots of ways that God will speak to us. One of the rarest, but does happen, is through the audible voice. It's very rare, but he can speak to us audibly. Adam and Eve heard the voice of God as they were walking in the garden. Uh, Moses heard the voice of the Lord coming from the burning bush. Uh, the disciples that went to the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus, they heard the voice of God. Those that were traveling with Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus, they heard the voice of God. At Jesus' baptism, those that were there heard the voice of God audibly. He can speak. He's sovereign, y'all. He can speak whenever he wants. He can speak however he wants. So one of the ways that God speaks to us, of course, is through the audible voice. I, there's probably some of you here today that have been able to experience that. I've never personally had the pleasure of audibly, I mean literally audibly hearing the voice of God. Um, I'd like to someday, I suppose, but uh, it's not necessary for my belief system. It's all good. Another way that God speaks to us is through visions and through dreams. That happens. God can insert images or he can insert ideas into our minds, whether we're awake or whether we're asleep. Another way is he speaks to us through signs. We serve a God of supernatural signs and wonders, so he can speak to us in that way. God can also speak to us through people, whether it be through the preacher or, or the teacher. He can he can, believe it or not, he can actually speak to you through your spouse. In fact, I would submit to you that may be one of the primary ways that God does speak to you. I always say that my bride, Diane, is the Holy Ghost in a woman suit. So, so. He speaks to you that way. He can speak to you through your kids. Come on, somebody. He can speak to you through your kids. Uh, I remember when little Charlotte, she was uh, fishing, all the kids were fishing, and then this was sometime this summer when we were up at the lake house, and, and they're all everywhere, throwing the lines out and trying to catch fish. Little Charlotte's sitting in one spot on the edge of the little paddle boat, 
and she's just sitting there in that one spot. All the other kids are running everywhere, lines tangled, little Charlotte sitting right there uh, in that one spot. I'm not exaggerating. She could not have cast that bobber six feet away from her. Fish after fish after fish after fish after fish. Big ones. Everybody's wondering what's going on. I went to her a little bit later on and said, I want to know what your secret is. She thought for a minute and she goes, just as straight up as she could, she said, I just wait. And I thought, well, that's pretty, that was pretty profound. See, God speaks to us. Sometimes we need to quit running all over the place, right on. Maybe we ought to just park and wait for God. You don't have to cast far to get that bread coming back. You know what I mean? So you learn lessons from your kids, friends, and you can even learn lessons from your enemies, believe it or not. So God often uses humans to speak to us prophetic words, words of wisdom, words of knowledge. And then there, the, God speaks to us through the still, small voice. Uh, I've often wondered, have I not heard the audible voice because I'm okay at hearing the still, small voice? Maybe that's a possibility. But, you know, Elijah, he was camping in a cave when uh, God showed up, and Elijah saw, he saw a powerful wind blow by. He experienced uh, an earthquake. He felt the heat of a blazing fire, but God's voice was not in any of those things. He, his voice came through the still, small voice, or as that's actually translated, the gentle whisper. The gentle whisper. God often speaks to us through the inner man and speaks to us through the, the, the witness of our heart, which many times is the still, small voice. You've got to get really quiet to hear the still, small voice. I suppose if I did hear the audible voice, I might have to go, Father, I repent from moving my mouth so much that you had to speak out loud to get my attention. But the number one way that God speaks to us is through the Word of God. This is the number one way. It's through the written Word. It's the main way that God communicates to us. Sometimes that written Word can spark a fire inside of us, and then it becomes, from a written word, it becomes a living word inside of us, and that's typically specific, a specific word for a specific time, for a specific need, and you grab a hold of that thing and run with it. You may have read that scripture a thousand times, but boy, that one time, you know, a spark went off, and now you're running with it. And I believe this, God always has a fresh word for us. It's not just an old word. He has fresh manna for us, I believe, every day if we'll just take the time to read it. I would have appreciated an amen right there from this Bible-reading group. He has a fresh word for us every day if we'll just take the time to read it. God is still speaking to us today. And I believe that he is speaking to us all the time. He loves us that much. I believe he's watching over us and that he's speaking to us, to us all the time. The problem is not whether or not God is speaking. The problem is, and it might just be in our hearing. It might be in our hearing. God speaks to us through the written word, and it 
builds our faith, and we need that, right? Romans chapter what, 10, 17, I say it again, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, by the Word of God. Now, physical hearing works 24 hours a day. Whether you're awake or whether you're asleep, your ears are working. Now, I know for some in our church family, that is not the case. They do not have physical hearing. That's why we have Stacy here doing what she's doing. So I'm only speaking about the physical hearing in a very general sense. I'm going to get more specific with what I'm talking about here in a few minutes. But, you know, our eyes have eyelids, but our ears do not have earlids. They're always open. They're always hearing. God created us to hear. Our dilemma, are you ready, is that we have a thing called, and ladies, you can get ready to, you have my permission to elbow your husbands. We have a thing called selective hearing. Selective hearing, right? Now, maybe you have never thought about that in a spiritual sense, but I think that we also have spiritual selective hearing hearing because we have the capability to hear 24-7. Now, maybe for some not physically, but for all of us spiritually, we have the ability to hear 24-7. There's a Snoopy the dog quote that said, I have selective hearing. Sorry, you have not been selected. And isn't it amazing, moms, that your kids can't hear you yelling at them to stop fighting with each other from across the room, but you can open up a chocolate wrapper and from the, a block away they can hear it and run? Huh? Selective hearing. And in a general sense, that's what I'm talking about. Is this, Excuse me, what I'm talking about is physical hearing, but only in a general sense. In a very specific way, I'm talking about that spiritual part of who we are that we can hear spiritually, and that, that hearing is done internally. It's done through the inner person. It's done through the still, small voice and the witness of our heart. Uh, and so what I'm talking about is not the volume of the sound. What I'm talking about is the value of the sound. See, why do people use selective hearing physically? Is because they're evaluating what they're hearing and choosing whether or not that's actually something they want to listen to. And so you can holler it all you want, and then, ladies, you know, later on, you'll ask your husbands about that thing, and they'll go, oh, you never told me that. <laughs> right? So a key about selective hearing is that while you're using selective hearing, you're determining what is important and what's not important, okay? You're, choose, you're determining what the value of it is. It would, if you, and if you chose the, eh, it's not valuable, it's not important to me, it wouldn't matter how loud it was because you've already made a determination it's not important to me. So the downside of selective hearing is that sometimes we can block out things that are truly important. And have you ever thought about the concept that maybe when it comes to hearing from the Lord, especially through the written word, that you're using selective hearing spiritually, and you're determining while it's being spoken to you whether it's important enough to listen to, and maybe missing out on something very important in your life? So just as we have natural ears, we have spiritual ears. And how many times have we had a dire need and we've gone to God with a dire need and we've, we, we've fallen on our face 
in our bedroom or our closet or wherever it may be, and it just felt like the prayers were just bouncing off the ceiling. And we've all, we've all been there, right? Uh, 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 how often have you uh, asked God for something and, you, and you, you heard nothing? I mean, every one of us in this room can attest to that happening in our lives. So may I suggest that the problem is not God speaking. Maybe the problem is our hearing, our listening. Maybe we're using, spiritually using, selective hearing. And in the spirit realm, that means that we're hearing based on what we think is important enough to listen to. And remember, the only scripture you truly obey is the, 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 the only scripture you truly believe is the one that you obey. And maybe there's a whole lot that we're not obeying because we go, yeah, I don't hear that. Selective hearing. That's not important to me. Selective hearing. And you may be missing out on one of the most important faith builders that God had. Fresh manna today that you missed out on because you didn't take the time to read the Word. Because the written Word, this is the number one way that God speaks to us. And what happens in the reading of the written Word is a spark can fire and that written Word can become a living Word inside of you that now affects your thinking and everything. I wonder how many written I wonder how many living words we've missed out on because while we were reading, we weren't listening. We were using selective hearing. That's, that's one of the reasons, quite frankly, that when I sit to read my Bible apps and get my phone app out for a version Bible app, <coughs> excuse me, and I let it play the Scripture to me while I'm reading the Scripture because I got a scatterbrain. Thank you for not saying amen. That was a really good time not to say amen. I didn't need any affirmation there. I got a scatterbrain. I can read the scripture and think about anything else. Anything else. Can I help you with something? I mean, literally, I, have, I know I've told you this before. I have found myself starting a chapter and really into it up till verse 2. And then when it's time to go to the next chapter, I realize I have no clue what I just read. Because I was thinking about, my brain was listening to something else. I had selective hearing because of what I was going to do in my shop later or mowing the grass later or whatever. That was the louder voice. And it wasn't the most valuable voice. So that's one of the reasons I actually use get my phone out and I'll play the scripture so that my, my physical hearing I want my spiritual hearing and my physical hearing to have some alignment when I'm reading the written word because I might just trip into a living word. Huh? I might just, in reading an old scripture that I've read a thousand times and now the thousand and one times something comes alive that's going to affect my life for the rest of my life. Amen? That's why it's so important. For you to tear up your Bible, if I can use that phrase. And again, that doesn't mean rip the pages out. That just means use it, read it, mark in it. You know, it should be frayed. There should be a reason you need a new Bible or to get the old one rebound because you've used it so much. <clears throat> Amen. Thank you, Mom. At least I get that one. 
We need it. So uh, what I'm talking about is not the volume of the sound, but the value of the sound and the fact that we determine what's important and what's not important. So may I suggest again that the problem is not whether or not God is speaking. The problem might and more than likely is in our listening. Amen? Romans chapter 10, verse 17, we've said it a a few times, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. In the Passion Translation, it says this, faith is birthed in a heart that responds to God's anointed word. Faith is birthed. You need faith for something? Would you read the word while not watching the news? Would you read the word while not watching HGTV? Would you, would you stop the presses for a moment and focus in and read the word, maybe even listen to it at the same time? Because faith is birthed in my heart when I respond to the word. And I don't know about you, but you and I need some faith, y'all. Amen? We need some faith in our life. God is speaking to us all the time, and the problem is we have selective hearing. Therefore, if we're not hearing what he wants us to hear, we don't give it the value. And if we're not hearing it, then our faith is not being strengthened. And if your faith is not being strengthened, then that means that your faith is weakening. And if your faith is weakening, well, fill in the blank. And how do I strengthen my faith? Right here. So you see, my whole cliche, keep your nose in the book, is not just a clever cliche. I recognize that if we, as people of God, will continue to read the Word, read the Word, tear up your Bible, read the Word, wear it out, wear it out, mark it, read it, and make it a lifestyle, your faith will be strengthened, and the more your faith is strengthened, the more that you overcome things in your life. Because your faith is strengthened, because you've not used selective hearing, because you've been in the book. Okay? I even read the Bible on Sunday morning. I know this may put some conviction on some of you. Well, I don't need to read the Bible Sunday morning because I'm going to hear a whole boatload of it later on. (laughs) Think about it. What times are you choosing not to and why? That means something else is more important to you than the living, fresh word that may just revolutionize your day. So faith is birthed. I'm going to get ready to close it here in just a minute, but 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 in the New Living Translation, let me read that again. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Now, maybe some of you don't read the Word of God because you're already perfect. 
And you need no correction from the Word to show you what's wrong. Because the only time you thought you were ever wrong, you were actually mistaken. (laughs) Give that one a minute to settle in. Listen to this uh, from the Message Bible, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 through 13. God means what he says, and what he says goes. His powerful word is sharp as a surgeon's scalpel, cutting through everything, whether doubt or defense, laying us open to listen and obey. Oh, nothing and no one is impervious to the word of God. We can't get away from it no matter what. Listen, folks, you and I need to keep our nose in the book. We need to have this almost obsession with reading the Word of God. And saying, Father, I'm about to read your Word this morning, just like I have every morning. And Lord, I'm asking you to speak to me today and show me what it is that you want me to understand. And then when you get done reading, say, Lord, is there anything else you want me to understand? Anything else you want to speak to me? And if you find yourself having read to verse 2, and now you're at the end of the chapter and you have no clue what you just read, don't fold your Bible up and put it away and go, well, I read the Bible. No, 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 you know, your eyes just glanced, glazed in a way, glanced over some written words on a piece of paper, but your heart, your inner person didn't hear a thing. I'd go back and read it again until the inner person can hear what the Word of God is trying to say to you. Can you say amen? Amen. So why do we need to read the Bible? Wrapping up this whole series, why do we need to read the Bible? No, that was not speaking in tongues. Although it was uh, stuttering lips. So, Why do we need to read the Bible? Because it brings life and it brings health. Hello? That should be enough. It brings life and health? Mm. Because it's how we fight our battles. That's why. Because it's how we find success. That's a good reason. Why do we read our Bible? Because that's the number one way that God speaks to us, and it is the source of our faith. It's the wellspring of our very faith comes from reading the Word of God and hearing it. I know the Bible says that faith comes by hearing, and I know there's a physical aspect to that, that while you're physically hearing my voice impart the Word of God to you today, that faith is being built up. But I believe it's also talking about the spiritual ear of man and woman to hear internally the things that God is saying. Where's that come from? From the reading The right now moment of God speaking to you. I wonder if you can believe it and receive it today if you'd give the Lord a praise in the house of God. So I encourage you, keep your nose in the book. Right? Keep your knees bent to heaven. Keep your body in the house of God. Since I got here, I've been preaching this very message about those three things for as long as I can remember. 
But since I got here eight years ago, I've shared with you that those are the three keys to a successful Christian life, if we would just do it like our life depended upon it, because it does. It does. Now, I never want to leave a service without giving people an opportunity to make a decision for Jesus Christ. Whether you're here in this room today or, look, or listening online or over in the overflow area, if you need the Lord in your life today, this is your opportunity. This is your moment to receive him. Sometimes I call the altar prayer ministry forward, but I just feel like just kind of doing it this way right now. We talked about communion being a personal thing and taking it personally. And I, and I believe in the corporate altar call, okay? Some churches don't believe in it anymore. I believe in it. But I also believe it's a very personal decision because when you stand before the Lord, you're not going to stand there as a corporate body of believers. You're going to stand there, Sharon, just you and God. Steve, just you and God. So it's a very personal decision. Now, that personal decision has to become a public confession. I realize that. But I think many altar calls have just kind of given people this false sense of security that everything's okay and I'm all fixed up and, I, and they never walk away really changed from the inside out. It was just a moment. I want you to make a decision for Jesus Christ that changes your life forever. I've said this many times before as well. You don't have to understand it. Well, I can't accept him. I don't understand this. You don't have to understand it. I don't understand how that camera takes my image and broadcasts it across the globe. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to use it. I don't know electricity. I don't know, how, I don't know how I can go over there to the light switch and flip a light, flip a switch and the lights come on. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to sit in the dark the rest of my life just because I don't understand how AC works. Okay? So my point is you don't have to understand it all. You just have to have a sense in your heart, I need something greater than myself. And that something that I need, I choose to call God. And I need him to fix my life, to set my life in order. Listen, if you're like me at all, in the past I've messed my life up so many times. It's ridiculous. I've made so many poor decisions that have cost me so much in my life. And there were times I didn't think I needed God. There were times I didn't even know that I believed it was true. But he kept pulling on my heart. He's pulling on your heart this morning as well. He's pulling on your heart as well. And I'm going to ask you to make a serious decision for Jesus Christ. Admit that it takes a power greater than self to set your life in order. And then the next steps, turn your will and your life over to that power. Admit that it takes God to put your life in order. And then turn your will and your life over to God. Now, I love how step three in the Narcotics Anonymous and Alcoholic Anonymous uh, statement says to turn your will and your life completely over to your higher power. I love this part, as you understand it. That means you don't have to turn your will and your life over to God as I understand it. 
but to your level of understanding, how you understand it. But there comes that point where you say, I turn my will and my life over to God. And I'm going to tell you what, something miraculous is going to happen in your life today because of it. Would you bow your heads with me right now? Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you, and I thank you, Holy Spirit, for already dealing with folks, for pulling on their hearts that odd feeling that people have right now who are listening to me, who recognize I got something I need to get straight with my God. I've been trying to do this on my own, and I keep messing it up, and, and I admit that it's going to take God to help me get my life back in order. So I, today, I make a decision to start the journey, even though I don't understand it. I make the decision to start the journey to letting Him put my life back in order. Forgive me, Father, for my sins. Forgive them, Father, for their sins. May they come to you, and then may they subsequently make a, a confession of faith that says, I, I accepted Christ. I accept the fact that I need God in my life, and I turn my life over to him. And may they make a decision today. Today, I turn my will and my life over to God. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, May not one person take their last breath and expire without having set their hearts right with you. So I pray by your Holy Spirit right now that you would convict their hearts and that you would place inside of their very being this craving, this need for a Savior. And they'd recognize that that Savior is Jesus Christ. And they would give their heart and their life to him. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Would you give the Lord a praise? <laughs> Hallelujah. If you made that decision today, I'm going to ask you if you'd, if you'd call in and let us know. Or, or, or there, uh, there's... there's uh, what are they called, emojis, emoticons, what are they? The little things they can sit there, wave their hand on Facebook or, or YouTube. You don't remember either? Emojis, thank you. Sorry, they didn't have emojis when I was little. <laughs> What's my point? Let us know. Call in and let us know. Uh, that you've accepted Christ today. When we dismiss the service, I'm going to ask a couple of prayer warriors to come up front. And if you made that decision from in here, again, remember I said it was a very personal decision. There's a public confession that comes with a personal decision. Okay, let's not forget that. But today was a moment where the Holy Spirit said, make it a personal thing. Just like Joni talked about communion. Let's make it personal. Right? So when I dismiss today, our prayer warriors are going to be up here. We're going to invite you to come and receive prayer this morning. Can you say amen? Uh, before I dismiss you, I have a few announcements that I need to share with you. Everybody all right? Do you need to stand up and stretch a little bit just for a second? I'm not going to be long, I promise. All right, good. wanted to let you know that this Saturday at 6 o'clock, there will be a special service here. It's called a night of worship celebrating 10 years.
for Ignite South Africa. Amen. Amen. And uh, so we're, they typically have a gala every year over in Grand Rapids. It's a big fundraiser. They were unable to do that this year because of COVID. Uh, June came to me and wanted to know if they could do something here. They weren't necessarily interested in having a fundraiser. And I said, well, here's the deal. The people who show up for church here are not under any government liabilities if they are showing up to a house of worship for the, pur- for the purpose of worship. So we're going to have a worship service here. Uh, She's gotten somebody to come in who's going to bring the word and pray. And it's basically going to be testimonies of of 10 years of hope. June Blanchin grew up in this church, came from this church, was sent out by this church. And I think it's only fitting that she's able to use this church as a place to celebrate a decade of ministry in Africa. Can you say amen? Amen. So that's amen. Praise God. So that is uh, Saturday at 6 o'clock, Saturday at 6 o'clock. All the same uh, social distancing practices that we're currently doing are still going to be in place for that. You are all invited to come, anyone that wants. Uh, This is a very important announcement. I need you to, to listen to this, and I'll share more during the week about it. But this next Sunday, September the 13th, our children's ministry is going to go back to meeting live back in the children's area. Amen. We're excited about that. However, every decision like the, uh, any every decision has a chain reaction to things, uh, and the chain reaction to that is that I know that we have a number of families who aren't here now because there's not a place for their children to be able to go, or some are concerned that their children might be uh, disrupting the service, so they haven't been coming. And we have about 150 chairs set up here, and we have, sir, I think, if, I'm not sure how many are here today, but every week it's, a, it's anywhere from 120, 118, all the way up to one Sunday, we had 145 people with only 150 chairs. That's, that's still packing it in pretty tight. I have a feeling that when folks find out that our children's ministry is meeting again, we're going to be in a place where we're probably maxed out in the number of people that we can have inside. And I've made it my personal goal that I am not going to stand at that door and say some, tell somebody, I'm sorry, we're at full capacity, you can't come in. Can I get a witness there? Amen. So with that in mind, starting next Sunday, we're going to have two services. We're going to start having two services And the reason for that, again, is so we can still maintain our social distancing and not be in a position to tell people, sorry, we're all full up, you can't come in. That would be a sad day that we would have to do such a thing. Now, that being said, what's the chain reaction? Children's ministry will only be during the second service. The services will be at 9 o'clock in the morning and 11 o'clock in the morning. There will be no children's Uh, services uh, uh, or any activities at all in the first service, okay? In the second service, our full uh, children's ministry will be active. So that's next Sunday, 9 and 11. Uh, I expect it's very possible that when people hear this, a lot of the folks that have kids are going to come to the second service. Um, So there's no uh, ministry uh, other than, I have asked Miss Connie, I still want the video every week. Amen? 
And so uh, for those that would come to the first service and the kids aren't in here, don't worry. You're still going to get a children's ministry video. That'll be pretty cool. And so a children's ministry is only in the second service. And our cafe will also open uh, again next week. Amen? And so we're, we're working out some of the details this week about how we still maintain social distancing and trafficking. Traffic, uh, trafficking is a bad word. That's not what I meant to say. <laughs> Sorry about that. Get that off the video. <laughs> Traffic control, because, you know, people standing in line for coffee and other things. So we're working out the details, uh, and we'll let you know. During the week, uh, in my 714s, I will, I will share more information. Every day, I want to share a little bit more information. I have a call system whereby I can call every single person at once with a quick message, and I will be doing a couple of those calls this week to also fill you in on more details, okay? So this is just kind of a preliminary announcement about it. Now, on October 4th, we're going to have a baptism. <laughs> Amen. Woohoo! Yeah! Now, the baptism will be in the second service. See how the chain reactions and everything is there? So that'll be in the second service, and I'll share more. Uh, Wednesday the 23rd, there's a prayer meeting here. That prayer meeting is pretty important because something starts on the 24th. Y'all don't know about this yet. On the 24th is 40 days from November 3rd, Election Day. And we're going to have 40 days. It's called, the, the program that I'm implementing is called 40 Days to Save Our Nation. And for 40 days, we're going to have prayer and fasting. Don't freak out. Well, the way I'm looking for this program to work, and we have a sign-up sheet that's going to be available, I believe, this week, is that there'll be one primary person. I basically am looking for 40 people that will say, I will take a day. And that person will be the primary person for that day. But we have other sign-up slots where someone might say, well, I want to pray and fast that day too. But there'll be one person who's a primary person. So if it came down to just bear uh, bare nuts and bolts, I need 40 people for 40 days. I will be given something for you every single day to have as a prayer focus. That starts on the 24th. I know it's a few weeks away, but I wanted to begin to plant the seed. The prayer meeting on the 23rd is kind of a kickoff. It's an important uh, evening for us all. And so, again, I know that's a lot of more announcements than I've done in a while. Read your bulletin. I mean, you know, really, you might say, well, we don't have one. It's online, and if you do not have the capability to be online to have a bulletin, you need to let us know. If you'll let us know. In fact, we're thinking about reprinting bulletins again. We've had some conversations about that. So uh, things are getting ready to change a little bit. Amen? Is that all right? That's all right. You know, there, there, every, every September, there was always this thing called Back to Church Sunday. You all remember Back to Church Sunday? And a, and a number of years ago, when I first heard about Back, Ch Back to Church Sunday, I thought, that's a demonic thing. <laughs> I thought, that can't be true. And then I found out it was actually a calendar thing. It was because during the summer, a lot of people took off church. And now we're going to come back to church. And I was like, no! I want you to enjoy your vacations, go away, but we're not going to have this thing set up where it's going to be Back to Church Sunday. Well, I've changed. It's a whole different reason now, but September 13th is Back to Church Sunday. 
<laughs> oh, praise God. I want you to continue to pray for Julie and Rachel Angel. They were in a car accident yesterday. Uh, they're doing well. They're bruised up a little bit, a little cut here and there, no broken bones, and probably plenty sore and stuff, but keep them in prayer. I, got, I was able to talk with uh, them and pray with them yesterday at the hospital. And so uh, if you've ever been in an accident, you know that it's the days afterward that your body begins to feel the stuff. So keep them in prayer. Amen. Praise God. Stand with me. Let me send you out blessed. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the way you shall bless the people. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you. We'll see you this Wednesday night for midweek service. Have a great day.